Welcome to Talk No Jutsu. I'm Smug Donuts here with my wife, Spiral Fish Cake, and we're here to talk about anime. Anime is an important part of our culture! On this week's episode, we're going to talk about anime tropes and cliches that we like and dislike, our waifu of the week, Kirisu, from Steinsgate, and we're going to talk about a few anime we've been watching recently, like Haikyuu, Dora Hidoro, Fruits Basket, Ujaki-chan, Rent-A-Girlfriend, and more. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! First, can we explain what this is? What's a trope and a cliche? Yeah, so tropes and cliches are basically just things that happen a lot. Things that you commonly see. And tropes aren't necessarily a bad thing. If they get annoying, they can become a cliche. Alright, first one that I thought of was beach episodes. I have this written down too, and mine's written down a little differently. The way I would phrase it is that every slice of life anime, and sometimes even non-slice mm-hmm. of life animes, have a beach festival hot springs etc episode it's like a requirement to be a slice of life and i think it's kind of fun it's like tradition at this point i think they're fun too and i know some people don't like them but you know what i've always felt like it breaks up sometimes the pacing of the show and it gets people in a situation they're not used to yeah and a lot of times relationships get stronger or fun things happen or we see people interact in ways that they hadn't really before sure because they're just in a different context context that they're not used to and Mm -hmm. sometimes it pushes people to be more romantic with each other or pushes people to consider a character in a different way than they had before or just breaks up sometimes serious anime makes it fun one of my favorite examples is the beach episode in classroom of the elite i just think that's a hilarious episode it's very light-hearted and i really like that episode i had a really good time don't ever give up on your dreams i'll play hard enough for both of them combined so you better not even think of quitting! Or are you saying that her beach volleyball memories never meant anything to you at all? It's just such a serious show. And then that episode is just so goofy. So sometimes I just have fun watching people be so ridiculous on beach episodes or hot springs episodes. So another one that I really like are tsundere's. Yes, I'm a big fan of the tsundere mm-hmm. as well. Tsundere's are great. I can't get enough of them. There are so many girls that we like that are tsundere's. So many good waifu tsundere's out there. Okay, in my opinion, this falls into the tsundere service in that I like it so much that things that should be annoying, I'm all about it. Like, (laughs) let's do this. If a girl's like, oh, it's not like I like you or anything, baka. But I'm like, oh, sign me up for this anime. It's not like I wanted to hang out with you or anything. Hey, I found these chocolates randomly in my fridge after I made them. (laughs) I guess you can have them. And I made too many and I'm full of chocolate, so I know it's Valentine's Day. I know your name might be written on it in cursive letters that I did not spend hours trying to write, but... I was just following a guide and your name was the name in the guide. (laughs) I didn't even pick it. It's not like I like you or anything. Baka! Slaps, runs away, doesn't even give him the chocolate, cries. <laughs> Throws the chocolate in the trash. He comes running over. I hate it. you! <laughs> and then he it. eats the chocolate out of the trash yeah. while she's crying. Yeah, and she's yeah, like, man, did you should, actually like it? <laughs> we should write every anime. I love them. I love Sundarays. What I enjoy most about them is they're hard to figure out on the outside. They have a tough exterior. But if you spend some time with them, they'll grow to love you and you'll grow to love them. They're really kind on the inside. All right. So my next big trope here is overemphasis 
on the seasons to like tell what time it is so every single spring you're gonna see sakura blossoms everywhere yeah i know they're not on every street in japan okay (laughs) they're They're not they're not fooling anybody but every school is covered in sakura and then in the summer, you're going to hear the chirping of the cicadas constantly. They never shut up. They're super <laughs> loud. They're in every scene somehow. And okay. it's like, I know that they only chirp for certain parts of the summer. Yeah. It's not the whole time. You're not <laughs> fooling anybody. They chirp as well. We're at the U.S. and I know they don't chirp that often. So we have them here too. And it's not like that. We don't get them right now. I don't hear them. And then in the winter, it's always snow than Christmas every single time. And then New Year's, then it all happens all over again. I guess I didn't even mention the fall, but I guess I don't really think that they... They definitely... Oh, the, the festival. They always yeah. do the festival every single time. I kind of mentioned that before, but yeah, festivals and fireworks every single time. I know that this isn't how it works every single year. Maybe it does. I don't know. For some families, I'm sure they get really into the holidays and all that well, kind of stuff. Well, then they have the and... New Year's one, too, in the winter. Yeah, New Year's and all that but i feel like it's just there's sakura blossoms everywhere and then they're always going on a beetle hunt that i'm like come on i know this is not how summer works there i'm sure this is not how it works it's not just here is japan according to animal crossing (laughs) you don't know No, I think that's fair. I don't really have a problem with that one personally, but I can I know, see I, why I, that would I be I mean, a lot of it's you. just, that's how Japan actually is. Right. But sometimes I feel like it's probably overblown. I'm sure it is too. But seriously, here it is exactly like that. In the U.S., when it is a season, you will know. You will feel the pumpkin spice being shoved down your throat. Oh, <laughs> you didn't realize it was November? <laughs> oh, Christmas is coming. And you'll remember. You're going to see Christmas lights every Everywhere. You're going to go to nothing. Hobby Lobby and there's going to be Christmas decorations in like September. <laughs> oh, you didn't remember Valentine's Day? Well, every single television show did. Every single place is advertising for it. There are hearts everywhere. There will be movies coming out for it. Don't you worry. You'll remember. Hey, maybe it's like that for Japan. Maybe. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's Especially the Sakura Blossoms. It's like every anime starts with Sakura Blossom. Right. And they're so dramatic, too. They like fly out. Like the yes. wind blows them at really important moments. All right. One that I can't stand this is very specific and i cannot stand it shut in neat hacker girls what about shut in neat hacker guys do you feel the they way? annoy me too all right all right so it's just not... shut in neat hackers but especially but the especially little, the girls like, lowly girls that, that's all they yes. do there are shut-in hackers, right? Mm-hmm. There are hacker people in anime that don't bother me. Where'd this come from? Like, is there a person in real life who's this young girl who hacked stuff that was like, I oh, I'm going to make an anime about this girl. I don't know. One that comes to mind that annoyed me the most was Trickster. And what annoys me is when they're hacking, they're always doing dumb stuff. And they do this in shows in America, too. It's not just anime. But the hacker neat is very anime-specific. They don't leave ever that I have ever seen people
people could only come visit them. And they always look younger than they are, I've right. noticed. And they're like, well, I'm not in school, but how do they get money? I guess working for whatever they're working for. But then how did the people ever find them to hire them if they're neat and a shut-in? And are they really a neat then if they're working for this company as a hacker? But anyway, so yeah, they'll be in their room in like their pajamas. And their pajamas are always something really girly like unicorn or bunny or something like that. And they'll have like a bunch of stuffed animals. And then they'll be in this big room with all these computer screens and monitors. And they'll be like, hey, hacker girl, we need you to unlock this security door for us. Or we need you to hack the cameras. And she'll be like, okay, I'm on it. And she'll always say something really quippy like, you know, I got this. Don't you know who you're talking to? I'm the shut-in hacker neat girl. I can do anything. And then you'll hear like, clack, 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 computer clack, clack. Two seconds later, I got it. And they're like, wow, you're amazing. And she's just like, you know I am. Right. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? And then what do they do the rest of the time? How do they get food? How do they get money? (laughs) Where do they go to the bathroom? What are they doing the whole rest of their days? I don't get it. They never show them doing anything else. Like when we cut to them, they're never in the middle of something. They're always just in their room. Another one that annoyed me, not as bad as the girl in Trickster, but was Heaven's Memo Pad. There's a girl in there. Exactly the same thing. And she always talks about herself being a shut-in neat. And I'm like, we get it. You're neat. Why do you keep talking about this? Why do you keep talking about how you're a hacker neat? I get it. I don't know what it is about that specifically that gets on my nerves so much. If you've never watched an anime with that specific trope, good for you because it's annoying. Sorry. I'm very passionate about that topic specifically. (laughs) (laughs) So what's another one of yours? So another one of mine is that every single romance anime, every romance protagonist, every romance Mm -hmm. boy, it could be a girl too, I don't know, but every romance boy especially uses the same playbook. They all have the exact same playbook of moves to use on the girls it's always like wall slam invite (laughs) them with a letter to go behind the school and say oh hey i'm into you it's always take them out to like a A amusement park or karaoke they always go on the ferris wheel and maybe they'll kiss maybe not and then they'll finally say that they love each other at the festival it's always the same list of the exact same moves i swear does that annoy you or do you like those i like the wall slam i like the wall slam too. i like the wall slam i like the ferris wheel and i like the festival i'll admit i i like them but like i wish i could see more variety like i like them mm-hmm. but does everybody have to go behind the school and have some kind of confession scene i feel like half the time the confessions are always unrequited so it's like what's going on here okay maybe that's not fair because most of the time the confession stuff they only show that if they're getting rejected because otherwise they'll have a meet cute and then they will just take a long time to become friends and have a really cool getting together scene their confessions are so formal too yeah they're like i like you do you want to date and they're always like standing a certain distance apart like yeah what's like up with two that? feet apart <laughs> how come they're always so far apart when they're confessing to each other they're always alone except being yeah. watched by somebody like probably. on the roof or like behind the somebody's school. in the bushes half the time yeah. but other than that, <laughs> like why i don't know somebody's just in the bush that's on the ground <laughs> and just is preparing for a murderer to come Sosuke from Full Metal Panic. No, he was the bush. Yeah, I know how bush... (laughs) How bush Sosuke worked. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. But yeah, get a new playbook, man. Try something else out. I guess another one is that they'll do the chocolates and then they'll get them a gift. It's always the same thing. Nobody comes up with anything interesting. Maybe they could fill their mailbox up with chocolates or something. That's true. That's a good way. Yeah, like Juno. Yeah, like in Juno. I know it was Tic Tacs in Juno, by the way. I just want to be clear. But they probably don't care about Tic Tacs in Japan. You don't know. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So what's another... What's another trope or cliche? Kind of to go along with that, they almost kiss. But then a friend runs in and oh is like, my word. friends, we have somewhere to be that's irrelevant to what's happening. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And then they walk out in the moments. Or they'll be like about to kiss and then a phone will ring and we'll be like, no. And then the moment's gone. And the phone call is always important or irrelevant. It can't be in the middle. Interrupted love confessions is the worst. Yes. I love fireworks too. Pain. The pain. There's so much pain. There's so many interruptions. I hate it. Why are they always interrupted? I don't know. Can't we just get some love? No. No love at all. No love for anybody at all. But when when they do get together, that's like such a monumentous moment. That's because true. it's like, oh my god, it finally happened. Yep. In a real anime. Yep. I've had some anime I've literally bumped up like a point, like out of ten. You know when I rate them, just because yeah, they yeah. actually got together at the end. Because I'm like, <laughs> they got together, ten out of ten. That's yeah. That's <laughs> they want you to buy the manga. They want you to see if they get together and all that. Yeah. I get it, and I hear them on that. You know, I feel that, but it enrages me so when I'm watching it. I get very involved in romance. Like, I get very into romance anime. For whatever reason, when I'm watching romance anime, like, alone on my couch, I'll, like, yell at the TV. I'll get really into it. I'll be like, kiss. Come on, guys. I've watched so many romance animes. I should know better by now. But for whatever reason, I just get so heated when they don't kiss or I get so mad when they just don't do anything. Like, if they hold hands, I feel like I can accept that. Well, if you're invested and it's taken all this time, you expect some payoff eventually. Right, but no something. it's just nothing right you watch this anime for nothing to compare it it's like if you were to watch a sports anime and at the very end they like just quit in the middle of their last match it's not that they lose or win they just are like you know what i'm done playing for the day <laughs> i don't want to play tennis anymore like somebody walks in is like oh hey your mom's making dinner don't be late and then they just leave they're like all right bye i can't play this volleyball game anymore <laughs> i'm done <laughs> I'd be like, what? Phone rings. Oh, we quit. Yeah, sorry. Got a forfeit. Mom's making spaghetti. <laughs> oh my god. That's a good reason to forfeit, though. That's fair. Spaghetti is pretty uh, Who good. cares about finals? All right. So another one I have is half of the anime I watch have a boy as a main character who has scary eyes or makes a scary <laughs> face for no reason and people are scared of him or it's a regular guy and then yeah. they like go through some life thing and they bleach their hair and then they're like, oh my God, look at that. <laughs> look at that guy. He's a thug now. Look at He's like such a, he's a cinnamon bun before, but then it's like, <gasps> what happened to him? Oh my word. His- hair is blonde now (laughs) he's a blonde (laughs) you know what they say about those blondes 
it's like half the anime you either have a scary face or there's a blonde kid that's like so scary Mm because they're blonde and it's like what what did blonde people ever do i think it's so stupid i I swear it doesn't add anything half the time it's just Mm -hmm. wow scary face the guy could act exactly how he acts normally but without them calling to the scary face thing or the blonde Uh thing and it would be fine. It would just be normal and fun and good. But no, we have to call out the fact all the time that it's like, wow. He has blonde hair. Or red hair. Red hair, sometimes too. Sometimes they have red, yeah. But sometimes. It's not, as, it's not as problematic because they'll mm-hmm. just have red hair and nobody calls them out on it. But when it's blonde, it's like, whoa. <laughs> he Watch seems different now. <laughs> on that note one that i love delinquents yeah. i love delinquents especially if they have a heart of gold <laughs> you know what do. i mean they, they all, all they usually do they usually do have a heart of gold and they're delinquent for whatever reason like yusuke from yu yu Hakusho. i love him and then kuwabara from yu yu Hakusho. i love seeing him and he's like with his gang of friends and then the teachers were being really mean to his gang of friends and he's like i'm not gonna fight because i don't want my friends to get in trouble i don't want my friends to not be able to have jobs and then he like gets beat up and he's like no i'm doing this for my friends and i'm like oh kuwabara he's such a nice guy for whatever reason sometimes i'll get in the mood i'll be like i want to watch a show with gangs or like delinquents or something like i gotta watch this this is what i want i gotta watch something like do you know what i mean i love masayomi kita from Durarara. he's one of my favorite delinquents if they put their hands in their pockets and yes. walk around like that <laughs> then that's how i know i'm like oh i'm gonna love that person that character i'm gonna love them because that's what delinquents do or the blonde haired people in the anime that are scary that's going to be the one for me. I know it. Yes. Like, that's going to be my favorite character. <laughs> and it always is. It usually fail. is. Pretty much. Like, 90%. I feel the same way when I see someone with twin tails. I'm like, yeah. oh, there it is. Sundere, that's going to be the one. That's going to be my favorite character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about them that I like so much. Maybe I just like that they have a fighting spirit and they're good people, you know? I like that, too. All right, so my next one is every single anime classroom is the exact same. Every slice of life, (laughs) even non-slice of life, every one of them is the exact same, okay? You got the protagonist who sits by the window, often in the back, right, Mm -hmm. with his friend nearby. And then the girl that he likes is either in front of him or in the middle. And then the teacher... They never have any luck with men. They're always single and they always complain about it. Am I wrong? Or if they're a male teacher, they're always kind of nerdy or or they don't care about anything. They're just like, okay, class, today we're going to learn about whatever. Somehow the character of interest, probably the girl of interest, is always introduced to the whole class. Mm -hmm. They're like, say hello to your new classmate. Our new transfer student. And then the whole (laughs) class is like, oh my god, look at how hot she is. And they're always wearing their uniform where the skirts are always a bit too short for high school skirts mm-hmm. and you're like what the heck and then the classroom it's it's always the exact same it's like ugh. every single anime it's the exact same thing they're probably talking about teaching a lesson that somehow relates to the anime 
season. And I don't know. I feel like it leaves a nice blank slate to paint a nice picture onto sometimes. But I get a little tired of being like, oh, I wonder where our protagonist is going to sit. Gee, I I wonder what's going to happen here. And also kind of on that same note, everyone else has like black hair, brown hair, and they look kind of whatever. And then the protagonist has like orange and blue hair. Yeah, that that was (laughs) when I would get to Shonen. I was going to bring up every Shonen protagonist has crazy hair. Yeah. Ridiculous. I had that one down too. Crazy hair. Yeah, that's definitely one in and of itself. But when you're looking at the classroom and everyone just looks kind of bland and then you got this one person who's got like buttons and everything and they're sitting by the window and they have like their crazy clothes or whatever. It's like, hmm, I wonder who the protagonist might be. I'm not sure. So speaking of shonen, one of my favorites is tournament arcs. Yes. I love tournament arcs. Tournament arcs, so good. Tuning exams, great. Dark tournament, great. My Hero Festival arc where they're fighting, great. The ones in Dragon Ball Z, also Amazing. Like, they're all great. Whenever there's some sort of tournament, I love it. I love the character development that usually happens with it. I love the characters getting to face off in situations they normally wouldn't necessarily get to face off. There's always villain stuff happening that's really interesting. They, like, get closer to each other. I love it. There's so much good stuff happening in tournament arcs. And sometimes it does feel like, oh, this is just a ripoff of another anime's tournament arc. That's where it can be a little bit bad. But I would say for the most part, every tournament arc I've ever watched, I've enjoyed. Even if it was something similar to what I'd seen before, I still enjoyed it. Because, you know, it's a different set of characters, different set of potential situations. I love tournament arcs. Yes, me too. I love it too. I love that it allows you to introduce a bunch of characters and almost do a Monster of the Week thing. Monster of the Week, but with actual characters that you're going to see in the future. And then also it shows people's power levels and it allows for a really good story arc where the person new wins the tournament you see them at the beginning working through and like climbing a mountain basically to get to the top and it's a really cool thing and some of the fights are the best in the whole series who can forget broccoli versus gara who can forget deku versus todoroki nobody nobody that's the best fight in that show you can't arguable but the broccoli versus gara and naruto you think is the best fight Oh, Rock Lee versus Gara is absolutely the best fight. And, uh, well, Naruto versus Sasuke. I Those feel like it's really not good. Fair. It's hard to pick. There's so many good we choices. We need a whole episode. Yeah, we need a whole episode to decide that. We need a whole anime to talk about that. Speaking of which, every shonen arc ends the same way. When there's a villain, they use their thing that they recently learned to beat the villain. They're like new power. Or the main character uses their super power that they always use to beat the villain while yelling something super inspiring. Or if that doesn't work, then they'll whip out the Takno Jutsu and... <laughs> They'll talk to them, and then the villain will just become good. (laughs) That happens all the time. Bad guys in Shonen just become good for, like, no real reason except Gaara. One that really bothers me is when they're losing, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they learn something new. And they use that to defeat the person. I'm like, how did you learn this? An example, I actually liked this part, but it's just an example of it. When Tanjiro just learns that random move because he thinks about his dad dancing. 
Oh my word. But that was the best part it of It was Demon so Slayer. cool. So I kind of just was like, eh, whatever, we'll forget that this is a cliche or trope that yeah, happens so yeah. often. Who cares? But that happens so many other times. And it's just kind of like, really? Another example that I dislike is in Bleach, this would happen a lot, where he would not be able to defeat someone and they'd somehow escape. He'd go somewhere and train for like a week and then he'd be like, all right, I'm ready. And then he'd go fight them and suddenly he would be able to beat them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you just learn this thing in like a couple days and then you beat them. Something I love is when they do training montages and episodes. I really do enjoy watching them learn all of that. But what I dislike is when they learn it in a day and then they go defeat the villain and then they just magically whoop their butt so completely. I think Naruto does a good job of this is where they show them doing training for multiple episodes. Like when he was training with Jiraiya about how to do the Rosengan in the woods because it feels like you put effort into it and then the payoff is really big. But at least to me in Bleach, sometimes it felt like Ichigo would just learn this thing overnight and then be able to use it. And that did irritate me. Bleach is not obviously the only anime that ever does that. There are plenty of anime that fall into the same trap. And you know what? Whatever they do is usually really cool and it is a really cool move and that's fun to see and I get that not every person wants to see people training for like five episodes in a row so I get why they speed up the process but it is kind of annoying as a viewer for them to just randomly know some new move and totally defeat the villain that they had a hard time with before you want to know the rules to the game you're playing before you go in like who can do what Mm -hmm. and then see them use that in a cool way but sometimes you don't know the rules and sometimes the detective solves the mystery using information you didn't know about or the shonen protagonist reveals an ability they've been hiding or they didn't tell you they could just magically do and it's like okay well the stakes were high but I didn't know you were just overpowered this whole time and you didn't tell anybody now if they've been training for a long time and they're like I can do stuff you never even dreamed and then they do it and you're like whoa all that training that's kind of cool but yeah that's cool that's a great payoff but you knew going in that they had things up their sleeves right it's when it's like we're backed into a corner there's nothing we can do actually there was something i could do and like a surprise i didn't even know i could do it by yeah but now i can it's a little different if that's the point of the thing sometimes in my hero i feel like it's okay if he learns something along the way because we see that he's supposed to be growing and he doesn't know his abilities yet oh man i forgot to mention one when we were talking about the romances which is that indirect kisses are like way too important for some reason that is so true they'll be like i'm gonna drink this drink after that person then they'll be like wait can i should i that's an indirect kiss oh and also just to add on what we're talking about a random thing they'll be parched with random bad english you don't see it as much in dubs because they're speaking english right but in subs they'll just be random parts where they just randomly talk in english for no reason and you're mm-hmm. like why and also another one that kind of tied into almost the sundere is the girls will just randomly have fangs or like flesh fangs i don't know i hate i I like Flesh the fangs. Fangs. I like I the fangs. I admit it. So I admit it. I can't. I don't know why you like them. They're so weird. It's and not ugly. my fault. Look, I just I like a certain type of character. They all just happen to have fangs, and then it's just those are the characters that I liked. So I started liking fangs. That's all. I had nothing to do with it. I'll keep my judgment to myself. It's just the characters that I like already had fangs, and so how am I supposed? You are to... signaling to Shinobu on our wall right now. She's a vampire. That's literally different and she's zero two, two fangs she's two fangs i don't like it when they, they have all the have one. two fangs no they usually just have like that one it's because that's how it's drawn it's so weird i hate it i hate it
<laughs> How dare you? How dare you? So since we were talking about shonen, a lot of times shonen protagonists will have harems. And this is true for harem animes as well. Every harem is exactly the same. They all have the same set of characters. And there's certain ones that annoy me. And there's certain ones that I'm like, yes, it's a harem. I'm going to see the tsundere. I'm going to see the shy girl the that Dandere. is perfect in every way that I love. I love those characters. But there's always also like a girl that looks like a guy and a guy that looks like a girl. Or also, there's always that childhood friend. Yeah, that's cool. I like the childhood friend. I feel like the childhood friend never wins. It's no, always a battle between the childhood friend and the tsundere. Yeah, the childhood friend's always a uh, a dandere. The other one's a tsundere. I like both of them. <laughs> or they could be a yandere. I do like yandere's, though, in terms of the tropes. You know me. They can be fun. I'm a fan of the yandere. I feel like it kind of falls in a different area of the tsundere category, like a more intense version Mm -hmm. that is less about not wanting to reveal your feelings and more about wanting to protect. So on your note, I had boring harem protagonists. (laughs) Yeah, the other half of the harem. Sometimes they're really cool, like in Nisekoi. Yes, Nisekoi's the coolest. I'm like, I get it. He's cute. He's cool. Like, he's a nice guy. But sometimes they're like the most boring looking dudes and they have no personality. They're not nice. They're not smart. They're not funny. They're just bland. And all of the girls are like, I'm in love with you i want you to marry me i like harem anime i like reverse harem anime too if the person that they're all into is interesting if i can sit there and be like all right i get it they're cute they're funny they're smart they're a good person i get it but when they're not which is so often the case i'm just like what is this why and they always have a funny best friend or something Mm -hmm, and i'm like mm -hmm. why didn't they fall in love with this dude in half of the romance animes in every single harem the protagonist is always oblivious oh yeah totally he's like what do girls what are they she'll be like listen all i want in the world is to be in love with you and take you out on dates and love you and he'll be like huh He'll be like, so you want to be friends forever? No way. <laughs> I I love you too. Like, I've loved our friendship. <laughs> She'll be like, what? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, harem protagonists when or they're he'll, boring. He'll take the out worst. the earbud or something. Something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, what did you say? <laughs> I was thinking about my exam. I like fireworks too. <laughs> I can't. I can't with that one. We won't spoil what anime that's from, but that was painful. Can't believe that's one of the last lines it's the in biggest, the show. It's a big one. Anyway. It hurts. All right, hit me with some more. Okay, every single anime home is exactly the same. Exactly the same thing when they're at home. They'll wake up a little late. They'll rush out and get a piece of bread and stick toast in their mouth as they're running to school, that kind of thing. They always somehow don't have parents. They're always on a trip. My parents work overseas. Yeah, they work overseas. Their parents are always mysteriously absent. And then they'll always have like one sibling or sometimes more. And then there'll always be that episode where they're sick and they have to visit their house and like they bring them their homework. And they're probably sick because either they're the anime girl that is just sick for no reason. Like straight up, they're just the sickly character. And you never find out about it the whole anime. And then at the end, suddenly, they're just oh by the way also i have this horrible condition and i'm sick all the time and it's like how did you run the mile did was this like (laughs) how are you in gym (laughs) 
was this like shown before that you were sickly? Uh-huh. I don't remember this. You were never out of breath before. <laughs> How did this suddenly happen? And then also, a character will fall asleep with no blanket. The blanket is covering up to their <laughs> shoulder, but it's not quite covering their shoulder. Yeah. And their mom will come in and be like, no, no, you got to cover your whole body or else you'll catch a cold. And this to me, this is the thing out of all the things we've mentioned that has gotten to me the most. This is the most annoying thing to me. No matter what they do, if they are ever cold by even a degree, if they're wet, <laughs> if they go outside in the rain, if the temperature is just a tiny bit cold, if the temperature is too hot, if they sweat too much, if they sweat too little, if they drink tea the wrong way, if they... <laughs> they spill like... If they spill something on on themselves, themselves. the other character, for any reason at all, at any time, can say the words, don't exist, you'll catch a cold. And then the next day they'll have a cold. Someone will always have a cold when those words are said, over half the time. And it's like, how? How did they catch a cold from getting out of the shower and not drying off right away? What is this world? I know. I always think that's so funny. They're like, oh my gosh, gonna catch a cold. Cut to like five minutes later, they're in bed, cloth on their head, yeah, covers they, pulled they'll up. They'll always signal that they're about to catch a cold with something. And it's like, that's not how that works. You don't just go outside in the winter and then you come back inside and you just already have a cold. But it, like you said, it could be literally anything like they could have walked around in a pond for two seconds like dipped their feet in and they're like oh my gosh you're gonna get a cold (laughs) or or sometimes it'll happen if they're just not wearing enough clothing and it's just a regular day and it's like oh you can't do that you're not wearing your jacket you're You're gonna gonna catch catch a cold cold. what (laughs) they get a cold this girl over here is walking around in a skirt that barely covers her thighs and she seems fine you're not but they always use it to like get closer to each other they'll say something they wouldn't normally say in like a fevered haze or they take care of the other person and it's really cute so i kind of do like that part of it yeah those are always fun one that i love student councils (laughs) they reign supreme why i don't know i just like that they have people that they could fight or something like in kakagurui that's a great example the student council just seems all powerful and you have to fight against them and bring them down in some way or another thing i like is class reps you know like ida is very by the book very specific i like that i liked how they showed the student council in my teen romantic comedy snafu and Uh (laughs) they're just talking about stuff that doesn't make any sense they're like well if we all use synergy and communication they're moving their hands yeah they're like moving their hands around then we can all become one and be on the same page and if we all develop colloquialisms that are similar in term then and he guy is just like what are you talking about this is so dumb y'all are just trying to sound smart this doesn't make any sense i thought that was fun but yeah there's something about student council presidents student council vice presidents that i just love especially too when they're kind of quirky i think that's fun i just really like it when they're all powerful or quirky or just like really by the book there's just so many versions of it that i really enjoy they're always butting heads or working together with the do nothing club or the friendship club (laughs) there's always a club that just has no purpose but has all these members (laughs) it has all these members and for some reason the student council cares about this club that exists for no reason if you don't get not at all five members were shutting down your your club exactly every every single anime <laughs>
<laughs> Wait, do you have a club? Are you in a club? No? Well, if we don't get another member, we'll be disbanded. But then there's other animes I've watched where they're like, eh, if there's two people, that counts as a club. Right, sure. Or like, I'm the only member of the space club, but that's fine. But, but then in other anime, they're like, nah. Sometimes that happens because it's established club that just loses members. That's fair. But it just seems like sometimes they're going to shut down the club because there's not more than 10 people. And other times in other animes, they're like, whatever, there's one of you, who cares? Probably depends on the size of the school. Probably. It's just kind of funny. All right, do you get another one? I do. I got a last one. All right, the last one. This is one of my favorite ones. I know some people might not like this. The power of friendship. Yes. I yes, love it. The power of friendship. I love it. Who oh, doesn't love power of friendship? Don't worry, anime protagonist. I have been training for this for 200 years. This technique has been passed down to me from my grandfather passing it down to his son and down to me. I am using only the most powerful of items. The most the strongest of swords honed on the mountain in the volcano. Even Sauron could be taken down by this sword. And I have the current highest IQ of any person in the world. And then the, the guy's like, and I have friends. And he's like, oh man. <laughs> you have friends? Oh gosh, I can't compete with that. I never thought, I never foresaw that you would have friends. Uh, uh, <laughs> friends? Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Not friendship. Oh my gosh. Now I'm good. Because I saw that you had friends. I was rich too. <laughs> I can't help it. I love that. Or I love when like My grandpa's the... deck has no pathetic <laughs> cards, Kaiba. But it does contain The Unstoppable Exodia <laughs> Impossible <laughs> I also I'm like a huge sucker for somebody being hurt, like the main character being hurt and somebody coming over and they're crying and their oh, tears like yeah. wake them up or help them or, or something. Or like the main characters going through some super difficult time yeah. and going crazy and then his girl will come up and hug him. Right. And then like, and then oh, he's down. back to normal now. Yeah, I love that. That all encompasses like the, the power, power of friendship. friendship. Right. Or like the character will be in trouble and then out of nowhere, his friend just comes and it's like shields him or stops him or whatever i love it i can't get enough of that stuff that mm -hmm. must be why at least part of why i'm a big shonen person because yes i'm yes, like Ooh. absolutely and i've seen it happen so many times and it doesn't matter i love it every time sometimes the power of friendship goes too far no sometimes we chase after sasuke for too long oh. but we just need to let him go oh it's painful but... no how could he be hokage if he couldn't even help one friend sasuke you have to understand smug donuts he is the wind to sasuke's fire sasuke naruto <laughs> <laughs> the power of friendship saranas boruto's dead hibawari's dead <laughs> all right oh my gosh that's a good one to wrap up yeah. on well next up we're going to talk about our waifu of the week kirisu from stein's gate it seems we've got a pudding thief running around <laughs> hoeing something or other i really can't be bothered to remember it exactly <sighs> 
It's Kyoma. Hoin Kyoma. Pay attention. Oh, like you're such a superstar with names. At least mine is real. <laughs> at least yes, mine is real. At least her name is real. Maki Sei Karusu, a.k.a. <laughs> Christina, according to Okabe. So what is so great about her? You know, I like how her and all the girls in Steins Gate, they feel like real girls to me. I feel like not every anime can achieve that level of like, this is a real person who has real feelings and isn't just some throwaway yeah. girl that's like either sexualized too much or is too much just the main character's main squeeze. I feel like she's in that anime to be a real character and she acts like a real person and I I think that's a really cool thing. She's definitely very fleshed out. I really like how smart she is. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about her. She's smart. She's funny. Her quips are really good. I, I love the banter she has with Oak Bay. I don't think it's a secret if you've listened to our other episodes of this podcast that I love Oak Bay a lot. And I just think that their dialogue and their back and forth is some of the best in the show. Right. And I love how much of an equal she is with him. He's so weird and he's very smart too, but I feel like she compliments him and her intelligence like he's very dream up here like thoughts out in space and you know has all these big ideas and she's very practical and can make them real you know what I mean and she's willing to be curious and work really hard with him and ground him a bit sure and be like mm, let's focus on the science here okay stop being so up in the clouds all the time and let's see if your ideas can really work I love how she hits the note of being a tsundere yeah where you have to be be an extremely confident person to be a good tsundere but you also have to nail this balance beam of being super unconfident when it comes to relationships and she walks on that balance beam that tightrope really well you can like feel her confidence when it comes to science and when right. it comes to when they first meet and she doesn't even want to be there she wants to leave the lab almost but then as they get to know each other she'll be like oh well this important thing but then she'll get all embarrassed and be like oh but I, I don't know I don't know if that was good she comes off as so smart and so put together that mm -hmm, anytime mm -hmm. there's little showings of maybe her being a bit of a nerd or maybe showings of her actually caring about their friendship right. in some way or having feelings beyond being sure of herself and confident. She gets a little shy or she gets a little unsure of what to say. And it's very endearing seeing this yeah. woman who is both so confident and so sure of herself, but also like willing to be vulnerable at times. Yeah, she does Sundere in a much more realistic way. And she's not trying to hide her relationship from Okabe. They're pretty open with each other. Maybe a few parts. They're not totally, but... You see her trying her best to be friends with these people and be soft with these people. I think we see it most outwardly, most often, with Mayuri. Yeah, like she's very protective sure. of her. She's another girl. I think there is some of that camaraderie there. They're both girls. They're both hanging out. She is a little protective of her, like an older sister kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And you can see that she genuinely cares about her. And then she right, starts to right. obviously care about everybody else too in the lab. And as the show progresses, you can see how much of a true partner she's mm -hmm. willing and wanting to be for Okabe, 
who really needs somebody to be on that level. So let's hear her be a bit of our tsundere that we love so much. Hey, don't go thinking that was a compliment or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And later on, too, she's like, it made me happy when you said that you valued our friendship, like, a lot. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. That's her trying to express her feelings. Okabe, of course, is like, did you fall on your head or something? <laughs> Yes. Because he's also very equally. I would say yes. he's a bit of he's a tsundere. A as well. Oh, yeah. So it's fun watching them both play off of each other like that. Another thing that I really like about her is how brave she really is. I mean, she initially comes in very nervous for good reasons about the whole time travel thing. And then she's like, all right, you know what? I think this could be a big thing for science and for us to figure out this could be really important work. Let's do it. I've always really appreciated that. And later on in the series, when Okabe really needs her to trust him in what's going on and needs somebody to be that support for him. She's very brave and is willing to do certain things and make certain sacrifices that I don't think other people on the show would have necessarily done. And so I think it's great that she's able to do that. It's a real testament to her character that she's able to be that brave and able to do those things that are scary. I also think her character design is really memorable. A lab I think coat, so too. Red hair. She's got this particular look to her. Doesn't she do that thing with her lab coat where she puts it not quite on no, that's her regular coat. She has yeah, a regular so coat that's not quite on her coat shoulders. That doesn't go quite on her shoulders. That's I don't not really... my favorite look. I don't hate it, but it's like not my favorite. Look. But when she's in her lab coat, she looks so cool. Yeah. She rocks it. Kind of talked about this earlier, but I find it super endearing when she gets shy. Yeah, it's really fun. Right? When Okabe points out that she made like, a Star Trek reference. You're such a Wesley. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, next Jenner, huh? <laughs> Yeah, and then when Daru's like, oh, they're the OTP in my life. And she gets all embarrassed that she knows what OTP is. And then they're like, oh, you seem to know what that is. You yeah. rolled right off the tongue, huh? She's a nerd. Surprise. Yes, surprise. I have a question for you. Very important one. Big one. Do you think they would have gotten as far in their scientific endeavors without Yurisu? No, no way. She comes from America and worked in a science lab that was really intense and is clearly a really talented scientist. I think that that can't be missed. She probably is the scientific powerhouse of the team. And her dad had done a lot of research in the area that they were interested in too. So it's kind of hard to ignore that fact as well because she knew a lot about things that maybe they wouldn't know. Yeah, she may not be the big hacker hacking into the gate she <laughs> may not have the crazy dreams or right like, that be as good has. as cosplaying but oh, as my area but she is the scientific powerhouse in my opinion i'd have to agree i think that eventually maybe they would have figured something out. I think it would have taken them a lot longer, though, without Curiosity. Like, I, I think it would have taken them maybe years to get to that point. I think she definitely sped up the process. I don't think if, they ever would have. I think they maybe would have. I don't know. But it definitely would not have been as fast or as well without her. That's up for debate. I could easily see them never reaching it without her. That's what I think would happen. She's also very disciplined. And they definitely needed someone to come in and be like, we're going to do this. You know what I mean? Because 
because Okabe loves science and he loves that mad scientist persona, but something he's really lacking is discipline a lot of the time. She definitely provides that. She's a really good leader. I think Okabe is a very good ideas guy. Like I said earlier, you know, very big dreamer and she's a very good, we're gonna get this done and get this figured out. Let's make this happen. And I think having her able to take his ideas that are kind of like his crazy ramblings about stuff and make them happen was a big deal. So absolutely without her Steins Gate would not be possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kioma. All right. If you had to pick one thing, one favorite thing about her, what would it be? It'd have to be just that she seems like a more realistic character, like a more realistic nerd. Sometimes nerds get a bad rap. I feel like Okabe sometimes turns it into, oh my God, I can't believe you're actually a nerd. But I feel like she just sort of plays it off. He just likes to poke fun at her in any way he can. Yeah, he's a huge tease. But then she throws it back, so it's fine. Now that is my favorite thing about her. I love her sass. I love her quips. I love how she just doesn't let Okabe get away with stuff. There's a part where she's driving somewhere and (laughs) (laughs) she's like, all right, everybody get in. And he's like, oh, you're going to drive? And she's like, yeah, so what? Well, I guess I'll call a taxi. Yeah, he's like, I guess. (laughs) Please. Summon me a taxi. Assistant, summon me a taxi. Summon me a taxi. And she's like, all right. Peace. And she just drives off without him. Do we have a clip for that? We can show that, yeah. Play the clip. Uh, hold on. Don't tell me you intend to drive us. Got a problem with that? Rukako? Yes, Kyoma? Please fetch me a taxi. <laughs> hey! Son of a... <laughs> yeah, it's super funny. So I just love her quips. I love how sassy she is. I think it makes her fit in with everybody. She can really give it back to them. She's really good at any time Okabe says some smart aleck comment or Daru says some smart aleck comment, just responding back. She's a sass master. Yeah, she is a sass master. And that's one of my favorite things. I love the dialogue in Steins Gate and I love their relationships. I think she adds so much to it. Yeah, some nerdy girls like her can be a sass disaster. But she is a sass master. All right, so that is all for our waifu of the week. Now we're going to talk about some anime we've been watching recently. You hear me? I'm coming, so boil up my kettle of tea! Think you heard that? So this part's going to contain some spoilers, so you can check the show notes to see which shows we're talking about and click the timestamp to skip to the one that you've already watched that you want to hear us talk about. All right. First up, I watched episodes 1 through 15 of Run With The Wind. It's a sports anime. Yeah? About track. And? How was it? It's been really good so far. Is this the one that you were like, I haven't felt this way since Yuri on Ice or something? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, besides which we're going to talk about later, Haikyuu, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't watch a lot of sports anime, to be honest. I don't have a reason for it. You know, they're good, but they're not our thing. Yeah, I mean, but every one I've watched, I've enjoyed. I think we watch them because they're good. If they're not super amazing we'll probably just drop it yeah but run with the wind has been really good although this guy tricked nine people into being part of this track team by having them sign a rental agreement at a place and part of the rental agreement which he didn't tell any of these guys was being part of the track team wow so they had no idea that they were signing up for a track (laughs) team the last guy comes because they need 10 for a team and he's like all right we got all 10 congrats you're part of the track team and they're all like what and this is college, right? 
Right. So they're like, uh, we have to look for jobs. We have classes to attend. We don't have time for this. And he's like, oh, well, that's great. I guess you guys can move out on the street and be homeless then. And they're like, what? <laughs> One of the guys, Prince, he's super into anime, and so to get him on the team, he was like, oh, well, I guess uh, we're going to have to pack up all your anime, right? All your manga right now. All these posters coming off the wall. Yeah, all this manga, which he has, like, meticulously set up. And another part of this is they've all literally just moved in weeks ago, so this is all brand new, right? Most of them have recently just moved in. He literally just got all this set up, and he's coming in with a box like, okay, guess we got to pack up all your stuff you're not gonna be part of this track team oh my gosh (laughs) it's crazy and so there's like a good first couple episodes of them being like this dude's insane are you really gonna do track this is crazy are you really gonna do this thing with him and not only are they doing the track team but they want to do this huge run at the end like that's their goal and the main guy is a runner or was a runner in high school and he was like this is insane we're not gonna be able to compete in this big thing i wish i could remember the name of what it is that they're doing but they're going on this mountain and like only the elite people can do this right and most of these guys have never ran like one of the dudes is a smoker like a heavy smoker right and prince the manga guy is super weak and can barely run at all like five seconds let alone around a giant mountain or whatever it is for elite runners but he's just so determined like nope we're gonna do it it's been really fun watching them practice and watching them grow in their running and i'm at a point right now where they've all have qualified to be a part of this run which was a big deal and we've learned some stuff about the main character like how he literally punched the coach at his high school (laughs) because this coach was a jerk one of the guys on his high school team had hurt himself so he couldn't run for a while and he was just screaming at this guy like well if you can't run then you're off the team and the guy had a scholarship that he needed for college and he was gonna lose it because he got hurt and it wasn't like he couldn't heal from this hurt or something the coach just didn't care i think the coach deserved to get punched but also that ended up disbanding his entire high school team so then nobody got scholarships or anything for college because they weren't a part of the team so he kind of ruined it for everybody but yeah i've been really enjoying this anime it's been super fun to watch it's been really fun seeing them all get manipulated into this track team (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. really owning it and enjoying it and meeting their goals i think that's one of my favorite things to watch whether it's shonen whether it's sports anime is when they work hard towards a goal and they begin to meet that goal that's always a cool thing when yeah. it's like you see how hard they worked for it right and you can see that their goals in sight it's very inspiring to see them work towards something it makes me want to work towards something it's slowly coming out on verve so i have to wait for the episodes to come out weekly now i'm looking forward to it as it comes out seeing what happens all right you got another anime you're watching so another anime i watched by myself was legend of the galactic heroes i watched episodes 16 and 17 so this isn't anything really that i hadn't seen in the dainui thesis version so i wasn't surprised or anything but it was very exciting still because this is one of my favorite parts so basically kirshais meets young for the first time and they're exchanging prisoners and they made it a bit more clear 
in this version what the intention was turning a bunch of the prisoners that they had against the alliance and then sending them back to try to start up a coup start up issues and yang of course could tell what that was what their plans were and then kirschice could tell that yang could tell what they were doing and then lohengrom mm-hmm. was like oh my gosh so all of that there was just really cool and and you know hearing kirschice be so respectful of yang and then just saying to lohengrom all these good things about yang and how he thinks they could be friends if the circumstances were obviously different and lohengrom wanting to meet yang i can't wait until one day they do because they're just such good characters in some ways so similar and in other ways so different and then of course i always love seeing yang just being his young laissez-faire self so it wasn't really anything new that i hadn't seen in the other one but it was exciting seeing them and how this version does it so i enjoyed it all right so we started watching an anime on netflix like right before coming in today yeah we did the great pretender and we were eating breakfast yeah episodes one and two we were very confused because we double clicked on the english dub triple clicked it and they started talking in japanese with subs we were like maybe it's just a fluke but it just kept happening well you know what they were in japan though at the time and i have seen it before in dubs where they will put that part in japanese Right, but they should have made it to everybody at the beginning. This is an English dubbed show. This was a creative choice. This is a creative choice. But then randomly later on, they were just like, from here on out, it will be in English. (laughs) And we were like, okay, thanks. And then it was, and it was totally different voice actors. Some parts in the beginning, they talked in English. I would have spoke English. I would have almost preferred it opens up and it says, the beginning will be in Japanese, but this is the English dub. Like just straight up on the screen. Well, and like I said they blatantly later were like everything else will be in english yeah that that's fine but i'm not gonna wait 10 minutes of a 20 minute show to be told that something is no i know what i'm saying is they blatantly said that later so why couldn't they blatantly say that earlier right right. but but anyway i really am enjoying it it's been fun so far i love schemer scammer heist type people i love people getting one over on other people in Mm -hmm. shows i don't know what it is but i just like it when there's a character who thinks that they have one over on somebody and then later on the other characters like (laughs) you thought you had one over on me you don't i do feel like you can only have one time at the beginning and one time at the end where it's revealed that every character in the show was in on it because that's ridiculous every character so far in the show cannot be in on it unless a you don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. therefore you don't know anybody so everybody you're introduced to is new and then it's revealed they all work for the same guy or they've been setting up for this all along and so i'm really hoping that's not the case in the future is that every character (laughs) every single person we've ever met so far has been it's like the hero thinks he's won over but actually everybody (laughs) he worked with was actually also that was all part of the plan Nah, Uh, I think Makoto is just going to be this very secretly good actor, like smarter than what we think he is. I like to see small cons too, so I want to see more of those. Me too. I like the Laurent guy. I feel like there's more to him than what we've seen so far, so I'm excited to learn a bit more about him. I think he's a bit mysterious. I like the design of it too. I think that the colors are really interesting that they use, like when they're showing Hollywood and stuff. The art director did a really great job. Yeah, I agree. They capture 
capture this feel of California. It's always drawn in this very specific way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they've really captured that art design. It looks really cool in the background of the actual anime with the car driving around. I also think the visuals in the OP are really cool. Yeah, that's another cool thing. I'm not as into the OP as you are, I don't think. The song, yeah. yeah. I think overall it's a really promising beginning, so I'm excited to keep watching more for sure. All right, so I watched Golden Kamui season two by myself. I finished it. So I talked a little bit last time about, I think I'd watched episodes one and two last time. This time I finished it. It was really good. The scary guy who like made people into clothes was gone pretty early on in the show. So I felt a lot better about continuing to watch it because he really creeped me out. So I'm glad I, I kept watching it despite being weirded out by that dude. But yeah, it was so good. We found out who a Trooper's dad is and we met him but my mind was so blown I thought there was going to be more with her dad and we meet him and he gets shot and killed by one of the people who we always knew was kind of bad but was playing nice with everybody with Sugimoto and everybody and then he betrays them and he kills her dad and I'm like well what are they gonna do now <laughs> and then Ashirpa gets stolen and that's the end and Sugimoto has to find her and they're not united again. I'm like, he needs to go get her. So I read that season three is coming out this year sometime, or I think sometime next year. I forget which one, but soon. That's all I know. It's soon. And I cannot wait because I was so bummed that he did not get reunited with her at the end. I was so bummed that her dad died and then she gets stolen. But the mystery of who her dad was was very interesting. And to come to find out that it was the guy who had tattooed all the prisoners and everything, it was just really an interesting thing to find out. So it was cool. I really liked it. really liked the story. I just can't wait for more. It has such a weird brand of humor though. Season two was really hitting hard with that humor, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. So I also watched Hakata Tonkatsu Ramen, which was about this group of guys who are like assassins and stuff. And one of the guys come to find out, kind of the main guy, the second main character, is the assassin of assassins. The deuteragonist. Yeah, he is very famous dude. And he's just such a laid back, kind of cool, whatever dude. That's another kind of character I really like if they're really laid back, chill, not taking things seriously, but then they're really cool. Like they can fight really well. Like there's something about that that I really enjoy. So I liked him a lot. He was a good character, but it was so funny because I would be watching it and I'd be like, wow, this is a group of really murdery bad people. Like one of them's a hacker. They all kill people regularly. They're all assassins, you know, but then they do things that were kind of endearing. I'd be like, oh, this is kind of cute. Like this one guy was a torturer and he's like, I don't understand. I just keep getting these jobs lately and they're not what I want to do and I just really want to go back to torturing people. And they're like, well, you know what? I could help you get set up with a site online that'll link you up to jobs and stuff. And he's like, really? Oh my gosh, thanks. So they help him set up a resume on the dark web for torturing jobs. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, oh, that's so nice of them. That's so nice. They're being such good friends. And then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not okay. They shouldn't be doing this. Like, he's torturing people. So there would just be moments like that in the show that I really enjoyed that were just kind of funny. They set up a dating profile almost? Like a LinkedIn. They set oh him up like a LinkedIn word. on the dark web for torturing, basically. Oh my word. I know. But it was so cool at the end. There's a guy that they all go to his shop and he knows everybody. He knows all the people who were secretly assassins. 
and come to find out he's one of them too and so at the very end where there's this big fight where they're rescuing the main guy he comes in he's got like this big tommy gun and it's like oh my gosh he was an assassin too like no way but it's the main guy he finds out that somebody murdered his sister it was really bad it was really sad like his sister got sold at some point before that he had run away to kind of sell himself because his mom didn't have very much money his family didn't so he was hoping they could get money from that and whatever but turns out where he goes he ends up being a trained assassin but he has to kill his partner at the end to become an assassin Mm. and so he was like okay friend let's run let's get out of this together let's pretend we're fighting his friend's like nah i'm gonna kill you i always knew this was part of it and they had been partners slash friends for years and years at this point and so his friend literally stabs him in the back and then he fights and he thinks he kills his friend but he doesn't his friend comes back later but it's so cool because the moment gets mimicked later with him and the other main guy and they're in the jail cell and he has to trust him to get out of the situation because the guy who was his friend came in and was gonna make them fight to the death but then they do escape together and it's like oh he learned to trust him it's really sweet the one main guy's name is bonba i'm like oh he learned to trust bonba that's so cute like oh they're friends now so it was sweet like seeing that character development it's <laughs> funny that i think of this anime as very cute and sweet but it's literally about assassins who murder tons of people all the time and torturers and dark web hackers but i liked it it was really good i had a good time so next we watched haikyuu seasons one two and three and boy did we have a good time so i'd already seen haikyuu before but it was your first time it's a good one a really good one. Haikyuu is awesome. I had trouble at the beginning, like the first episode's alright, but then like it kind of loses me until the Libero joins the team for real. I really love that. After that point in season one, then it's just all positives for me. The whole anime is really good. Yeah. Because all the dynamics are there that need to be there. How can you not love them as a team? How do you not find them all like equally endearing and they each get their own character development and things that they're all unsure of or insecure about and ways that they figure out where their position is on the team like how they fit in to the team and i just yeah the starters get more development than the other characters but everybody gets a little who's your favorite character that's hard my favorite character period yeah so my favorite character is probably i mean if you ask me my favorite i gotta answer with who i like the best and that's probably yachi chan she's just so cute she is cute and i also really like seiko tanaka big sis she's great i love she her she is pretty good she's so cool it's not really a show about them so i feel like it's not fair to talk about my favorites i think nosuke tanaka he's my favorite he fits into the delinquent stereotype that i like so much i guess he's kind of scary looking but then he's goofy and it's really sweet yeah and, and i love how he tries to build up the first years he's one of those characters that's really into being the senpai i just like how welcoming he is to hinata and kageyama i think it's really nice i also love oikawa i can't help it he's great i love him so much i know we're supposed to hate him but i can't help it he's so sassy and i love watching him serve whenever everybody in the crowd would be like oh hey Whenever he would serve, he would do it together. Oikawa is definitely the best. Yeah. He's my favorite, probably. And then, and then they'd be cheering, and we'd be like, go, 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 say Joe. I got really into the cheering. They're fun. It's fun. Go, 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 say Joe. He's voiced by Christopher Patton, who I love so much because, you know, he plays Sosuke. He plays so many people, and I love him. My favorite on the team is Nishinoya, who's played by Greg. Yeah. Our boy. Greg is great. I know you've talked a little bit about 
about Haikyuu already since you watched it before. Yes, yes. But, gosh, Oikawa is such a sass master. I couldn't help it. Like, I'd heard him a few times when you had been watching, and I'm like, I know I'm going to love this guy. Yes. And I did. I loved him so much. And when they beat him, I was a little sad because I'm like, oh, he's not going to be around anymore. He does that amazing, like, off-the-court, perfect set cross-court. Yeah, and he, it's like, amazing. flies it back, and he, like, runs, because he saw where Hinata was gonna go, and he just barely misses. You mean at the very yeah, end? Yeah, the very when end, When Hinata I mean. does his crazy yeah, spike, at the very end when and they meet. Hinata can see where yeah. the blockers are, and yeah. decides to hit it down, yeah. and he can see where yeah. Hinata's gonna hit it, and if it didn't knock off of the, the right. blocker's hand a little bit, he probably could've gotten right. it. Right. That was crazy. He's so cool. Haikyuu does such a good job. I felt like I was on the edge of my seat. I felt like I was watching a shonen battle like an yeah. intense battle like the end boss frieza level like madara level battle it was so crazy i mentioned this when i watched it the first time that uh-huh. i love how it builds up all these arcs and even for the villains their characters get built up as if they were the protagonists and it just happened to be the time that they lost you get just as much build up for the villain and sometimes you even feel for them it's cool learning so much about every team and i'm like man i can see their strength strengths and I want them to win but I don't want them to win because I want obviously our dudes to win but they're so cool too like Nekoma I would say is one of those people I really yeah, like the Nekoma sure. team they were interesting I can't wait for them to hopefully go up against them in the fourth season we'll see I was just so proud of them I love everybody's team dynamic I, I love how they each have their own really important role it's not just the Kageyama Hina to show but that is a cool part of it, the show. it is such a we cool do love part. the Kageyama we love that I'm not Hina- saying I don't. But we I'm know just, how much people love Kageyama. I love that Kageyama had such good character development. He really learned that he needs to adjust to Hinata and other people on the team. There's just something about like watching them all grow together and work really hard and fight so hard together as a team and lose some and cry at a table in their food and then win and have that victory and then meet people in the bathroom. <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the trope in in Haikyuu is Yeah. Whenever they say they need to go to the bathroom, they meet somebody from the opponent team. Yeah, they're like, what are you doing here? Oh, who's that shorty? Oh, well, that's their spiker. What the heck? It's so funny. Do you know who I would hate to meet in the bathroom? Who? My one true love, who's actually a ghost. I'd also hate to meet my <laughs> one true love, who's also a ghost. Speaking of which, we watched Toilet Bound Hanukkah <laughs> season one. <laughs> We did. We did. Who knows if they're going to fall in love or not. But Who knows? I was bummed that they didn't officially fall in love. I really wanted them to. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. I liked the spirits. I thought those were cool. I thought it was really good, too. I was yeah. like, ooh, this is an interesting idea. It's executed well. The relationships are good. Yeah, pretty good. Fun to watch. When I first heard the title and saw the trailer for it, I thought he was literally bound to the toilet. Same. Like, I literally thought he couldn't leave the bathroom. So I was glad to learn he could. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, all right, this makes it way cooler. I like Dork Hanako. Who is that? I don't who, know. Who is this person? I wish we knew. I still don't understand fully how Hanako died and all of that, and I want to know more. I feel like it might be a while, because I don't know if there is going to be a season two, or if there is when that will be, because this was a new show for the series, so we'll see. So next, I did watch A Lull in the Sea. Is that that one that I came out on you watching that was about the fish people? Yes. Okay. It is so beautiful. There's so much 
water and so much scenes where there's fish swimming everywhere and it's just really beautiful there's two halves to this so basically the first half their kids the ones who live in the water who are sea people go up to the land i guess their school closed i feel like they're not really clear on why so they go to the land and that's kind of a big deal and they have some friction between the land people and the sea people for a while but then everybody in the class starts to get together but they're all kids in middle school at this point i think they're 14 or so and then there's the salt snow that comes down and the weather starts changing really rapidly so the sea people think that there's something that's going to happen to the people on the land so they all decide that they're gonna hibernate go into a sleep for a while so that when they wake up they'll have woken up i guess by the time this is all over which i don't understand because in the second part they all wake up and there hasn't been anything bad that's happened to the people on the land so I didn't really understand the point of that whole conflict. I thought it was kind of silly. The second part I liked a lot less than the first. There was some repetitiveness in it. But overall, I really did enjoy it. I thought that the characters were very cute. Did it go up or down a point because the people we wanted to get together got together? Down. But that's because it ends on a cliffhanger. There were two characters who got together that I really thought was an interesting coupling. Because in the beginning, the main girl thinks she's in love with this boy, right? And turns out she's actually in love with Hiki, who's the main boy. Later on, she realizes that. And Hiki's been in love with her for a long time. There's just so many triangles, though. Hiki's in love with her, and then she thinks she's in love with this guy, and then this guy ends up being in love with this other girl, and this girl's in love with Hiki, and there's this other guy friend that's in love with the one girl who's in love with Hiki. It's just like this big love triangle, and that did get on my nerves a little bit. But I did really like Hiki as a character. I thought he was a really interesting main character. Very determined. Very protective of his friends. So that was interesting to watch. And I thought that their dynamics all together were very sweet. Like the group of four was very nice. But in the end they fast forward to like seven years. But all the people on the sea minus one girl don't age because they were in the sea the whole time. And she gets older. I think she's like 20 at this point. And they're all still like 14. And there's this whole conflict about her changing and then Hiki not changing and like all this stuff. But she falls in love with the one boy who was on the land so i thought that was a cool pairing hmm. but they never at the end show officially hiki and the main girl he's had a crush on the whole time actually getting together Aww. like they show them talking and then there's like a love confession but like nothing changes that sucks so i was frustrated by that but overall i thought it was really cute like it was really enjoyable it was very pretty that was well done it did get a little repetitive i thought the characters were fun to watch it was unique it wasn't like a story i'd seen before so i appreciated that it was good i would recommend it it just was frustrating at some point too much love triangle crap it was like a love octagon at times. Overall, good show. I also watched Nanbaka mm. seasons one and two. So this one, I really enjoyed. It's about a group of prisoners. It was very colorful. Everybody had super crazy hair and super crazy looks. One of them had green hair. And there were so many voice actors in the show I really liked too. Justin Reiner was in it. J. Michael Tatum was in it. It was really good. But there were things that got really dark. It was supposed to be a comedy anime, I thought. The main guy in the show breaks out of prison super easily it's really funny though because apparently that's like the only thing he's good at is breaking mm -hmm. out of prison they all make oh, fun really? of him for it yeah they're all like he's not very smart he can't really do anything he can't really run very far and we have to carry him every time we break out but he's a genius at breaking out the police officer guy who's voiced by ian sinclair he's like this really big guy and he's like so tired of you getting out all the time he gets arrested at the end by this guy who used to be this old guard the villain at the end the main guy just walks over and just touches 
just these handcuffs that are like gonna explode if you tamper with them they fall off because <laughs> he can just like break out of anything it's really funny i love it they don't show what he's doing but he could just break everybody out of everything no matter what it is is it a superpower or no he just can so weird it's really great i love it but like they were doing experiments on prisoners right and the main guy has these metal arms and legs that can be weapons that can kill people it's really crazy they show it during a fight during this big competition between the different sections of the prison different cell blocks basically and it's really scary but it's a an experiment that he had put on him mm -hmm. and he's looking for the guy that did the experiment on him and i'm so bummed because it ends on a huge cliffhanger literally he just busted out the prison guard that's in charge of the out of prison and he's like all oh, right we're going to go figure out what's going on and the main guy's like all right we will and then boom anime over wow and we never they find really out this guy who experimented on him like he's been looking for this guy with this scar on his neck and we never find that out so i'm like uh nanbaka season three when I have gotten a lot of cliffhangers lately, and I'm so frustrated by that. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know what didn't leave me on a cliffhanger, though? What? Suki Gakiri. Yeah? This was great. This was one of the only romance anime I've ever seen, where they stay together, and they live happily ever after, and they have kids, and they get married. Good. It was great. All these two kids, they're in middle school. They're in their final year of middle school, and they fall in love. And part of the conflict is her dad's going to move jobs. So the main boy, he tries his little best. He's not the smartest. He's not quite as smart as she is. But he tries his best to get into the school she's going to go to, which is like two hours away from where he lives, right? And he doesn't get in. I was devastated. I'm like, no, this means they're going to break up. But it didn't. She moved. They go to a different school. All of their friends are like, you guys should just break up all their families like you guys should just break up there's no way you're gonna do long distance and then you see this montage of them texting each other all the time going Aww. to visit each other he's like no i'm gonna visit you every weekend we'll be fine we'll have a great time she's crying she's like no that's not fair like that's not gonna work but then at the end he, he does they text all the time he comes and visits they grow up they, they can work yeah they graduate college they get married they have children this is kind of mushy but I was like reading through comments on the forums in my anime list about it and somebody had posted the final shot of them and their kids and I saved it on my phone. Because <laughs> I was like, that's so cute. This never happens. I need this. You need this kind of energy. Yeah, in after your getting anime. kisses interrupted, after hands not being held, love confessions never being told. I love the way I they subverted this. the anime trope by having the people get together. And get married and have kids. It was perfect. It was beautiful. I loved it. I'm like, this is what I want. Just a cute little anime about people who are in love. It's very realistic and it's very cute. It's their first love and it's their last love. Didn't let me down. Why don't you talk about one that you've been watching? Sure. So speaking of tropes and stuff, I've been watching Uzaki-chan, mm -hmm. which first of all has had a lot of drama all over Twitter because a lot of people don't like Uzaki-chan's design. They think she's uh, an uggo. Yeah, and I think it's fair if you think she's an uggo. She does have short gray hair, and her face is a little different compared to some other anime characters. But a lot of people are saying that she's a child, or that the design doesn't look good, and I disagree with them. I think that it's clear that they just decided to go with a short stack character with the flesh fang, and some people are turned off by those elements, but, you know, whatever. To each their own, you know? The thing that bothers me about it is that it's such a specific anime, too 
2. It only has one thing that it's really focusing on, and that is we have a girl that bullies a guy and teases him, and that's the whole thing. And every other character in the show does not exist to add more elements to the show. Nope, they just exist to go, man, I really like how these two characters interact with each other. Let's watch them every other character the background characters just look at them and they're like whoa and then the side characters like his boss is like i'm just gonna watch them because they're fun to watch and then his best friends like geez i gotta see more of this that's like okay at the end of the day everybody's just watching these two characters interact you know that uzaki is into senpai i don't know if he even cares or not it's kind of hard to tell sometimes you haven't finished it you've just seen no i've only seen episodes one through seven to be clear and the seventh episode is the one where they go to the bar and the cat cafe and Uzaki-chan gets drunk and all that. It's a fun one. But yeah, I've really been enjoying it because I like that kind of relationship. I think it's entertaining. And there's a lot of manga I've been reading. I only read really these manga because I really like this kind where the girl just bullies the guy and teases him. And they're all getting made into anime in the same band of a few years. And I'm like, what is happening? Why is this particular brand being being tapped into as the one to make anime out of i mean i'm happy about it but like the anime are never that good because they're just made for people who just enjoy that what is it about that that you find amusing or entertaining it's like you know people like sundares it's just another type that i really like you just like that dynamic where they're both just like joking around with each other i just like sassy people i also really like it when it's a romantic tension kind of thing and the girls teasing the guy about it that's fun So I watched Kids on the Slope. You did? Yeah, which is about these three kids in high school. They really like jazz. They kind of work out their issues with each other through jazz. They have all these issues at home and with their family and with each other and romantic interests. Was this the one that I came in and I was like, oh, this looks good. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, maybe I do when I watch it then. It was really good. So I won't say too much because I think I might want to show it to you. But it has a really good ending, I thought. I mean, it might not be the most popular ending. It is another time skip kind of thing. So they do skip ahead. There's another trope. Time skips. Can be good and can be bad. I just thought the jazz was so good. I love music anime a lot. I'm not a very musical person. I wish I could be musical. So I always liked living vicariously through people who can play music. So it's just interesting. The main guy plays the piano and then the other guy plays the drums. Again, another delinquent man i'm like yes i love him he's great delinquent with the heart of gold can't go wrong i like it when they're paired with the guy who's very rules following i like that pairing they have a lot of fun together there's like a scene in the very beginning where there's a lot of rain and the Mm -hmm. more delinquent one is throwing the one kid's umbrella off the roof like no let's have fun let's hang out up here it was great there's a lot of character development you learn more about the characters as time goes on i think they touch on something that i find very interesting that i don't feel like people touch on very much is jealousy and friendship. There's a part where our main character, he doesn't have a lot of friends and I think he's just used to people not really liking him or being there for him and he starts to see his best friend hang out with this other guy, joking around with this other guy. I think he's worried he's gonna take his place or replace him and there's some jealousy there. That's a very real feeling, especially I think when you're younger and you haven't had a ton of friends and this best friendship is something very important to you. So I thought that was interesting to watch, seeing him be jealous of 
of his friend and jealous because his friend was hanging out with other people. Those were some really real emotions that I don't see touched on a lot, so I thought that was interesting. And then too, how they work that out together. How they use their music to work out their emotions with each other. They don't necessarily talk it out, they play it out. So, we watched Paranoia Agent. What a anime that was. Definitely uh, was a lot. I love the opening. Yes. I know you hate it. I know you hate it, but I it's don't know. so fun. It's just like, it felt lazy because they yeah. all, the, They're all like, they laughing. laugh. I love and that. The laughing in the opening, it only has a few frames of animation, and they just grab some random places and throw the characters, which they've only animated a few frames of, into each of those places. And then they have this song that you like. And I'm like, this is like not at all inspiring of an opening. I like, liked it. It seems like super low budget. Usually you and I agree on OPs, like yeah. whether we like them or not, but I like this one. I don't know what it is. And I felt like it was trying to make you feel uncomfortable, and I didn't feel that way i just felt bored that was interesting i see that though i think that's fair if you don't feel uncomfortable by that kind of thing the anime itself though i feel like it was just trying too hard to be unique or weird and it just didn't i didn't care i thought it would be way more psychological thriller and it just ended up being really weird and there's nobody in that show to like i just felt like at the end so it was all about the dog yeah i'm just sitting there like all right this is all just about little slugger and the dog, the dog. Like, there's not more to this. Like, this no, all happened. That's it. Because a girl lied about her dog getting ran over by a car. Like, I thought there would be more to it because it's so wacky and there's so many elements to it. But then when you boil it down, it's just so simple and dumb, in my opinion. Like, it was just trying so hard to be so weird and different and interesting and say stuff about humanity. But at the end of the day, I feel like it didn't say anything at all, really, that I found interesting. I think it said the one story about the dog creator person and her art, and then other than that, it didn't say too much. So many people in there were bad people. One dude filming his daughter secretly. That's messed up. And then the one lady battling dissociative identity disorder, yeah. which isn't her fault, but that never went anywhere, I feel like. I felt bad for the police officers. That one young police officer just fell from grace. He was just this cool dude, being young, trying to show up the older guy kind of bonding with the girl and getting her to talk when the older guy couldn't and then he just becomes this crazy man at a hospital who's writing math on the ground just like that other dude i didn't get the point of it maybe i'm not smart enough to understand paranoia no, i think you watched it all we weren't huge fans i thought it was enjoyable while i was watching i think it asked more questions than it answered most of the time i felt that the stories were a little too samey over and over again and it was fun the first time but then it just kept on being the same ideas over and over again and i thought it was cool how it illustrated people's delusions as various art styles although i thought that the execution was cool i didn't think that the art styles they chose and the people the way they were deluded meant anything really like i didn't feel anything i felt like you should feel something different when you watch people falling into delusion so it, conceptually it was very cool but artistically i was like oh it's that's nice logically it made sense i was like oh yeah this is cool I did like the part where all of the people are talking and they're like, did you hear about the lady who got pregnant and then it that, was okay. mixed up? And that then... part was the most interesting <laughs> yeah. part of the show and it turned out to be fake. Yeah, I was like, what? Little Slugger's being born by somebody? Oh and the doctors God. are covering it up and he's like, if you tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. That was so interesting though. I was into that. Yeah, I was and then ready. that one lady's like trying to tell a true story about Little Slugger and they're all like, nah, that's stupid. That could never happen. And she's like, it happened. Happen, though 
But that ended so stupidly where she comes home and her husband got hit by a little slugger and he, she's like, how did it happen? How did it happen? And it felt like such a Facebook creepy story. It definitely did she feel like a creepy pasta. And then her husband got hit by a little slugger and she didn't care. So I, today, just finished Doru Hidoro, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was very weird. Very strange. It's about these people in this place called The Hole. The main character's named Kaiman. He's trying to figure out who turned him into a lizard man. Mm-hmm. He had no memory. As you do. My yeah. day-to-day life, basically. Yeah. And there's a man inside his mouth whenever he meets a sorcerer, because sorcerer has magic in this world, and humans do not, so they see the sorcerers as different than humans. He will stick their face in his mouth, and the guy in his mouth will say you are not the one or he will say to one person you are the one well we find out who that was and it's this girl ebby sue who's just this weirdo who like lost her memory and it was really gross he like accidentally ripped off her face when he put her in her mouth to see if she was the one like he put her face in her mouth and so he never finds out what the man in his mouth said to her so we end up learning like episode seven that it was her who turned him into a lizard man because we find out what her magic is and her magic is she turns into a lizard and all this stuff but he never Never finds out the rest of the series. I was so frustrated by that. I'm like, come on, it's Evie Sue. Just meet up with the weird band of weirdos and then you'll find out who it was. But him and his friend Nikaido have a really good relationship. It was nice seeing her being this really cool fighter and then we find out that she's a sorcerer she doesn't want to be. And Kaiman and her hunt down sorcerers together in the hole, just separate from where the sorcerers live. And sorcerers are, they kill humans and stuff. They do tests and stuff on them, like practice magic on them. So they're trying to kill the sorcerer. So when Gaiman finds out that she's one, he wasn't like super thrilled, but they're also best friends. But anyway, she gets forced to be in this contract with the bad guy N, and that's interesting. And that's kind of how it ends. She's still caught up with the bad guy. And, but it was very weird, very quirky. Visuals were very odd and interesting at a lot of times. It is very violent. So this is definitely only for mature audiences, for sure. If you're not bothered by that kind of thing, then I definitely would recommend recommend it. It is very strange. One of the most strange anime I've probably ever watched. Like, you get used to it at least. I got kind of used to it at, at times. I'm like, oh yeah, that's normal. Like, oh yeah, of course this guy just put all the parts of this dude's friend back together and made him as a zombie. As you do, as you do. And made him a zombie and they were playing on a baseball team. Sure. Of course there's just a giant, of course, of course. A giant cockroach man that can now say shocking because this doctor taught him to say one word. Totally makes sense. That's what I do. Yeah, of course there's a group of cross-eyed guys who are this group that have the same eyes as Kaiman. Of course one way to make a pact with a sorcerer and become their partner is to open up their chest cavity and stick in a contract saying that and it becomes part of your body. That's what that, I do. That totally makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like all right whatever <laughs> you just gotta learn to roll with the punches but it's really good i liked the band of weirdos that was kind of the bad guys i thought they were interesting and then i like the equally weird band of good guys i guess they're not really good people they all kill people and do bad things and steal so i enjoyed both parties i thought that they were all interesting characters it was fun seeing everybody interact so it was a good anime i liked it it, it also kind of ended on a cliffhanger kaiman never found out who put the spell on him it kind of still on a contract with 
and that was a little frustrating but it ended and him and Nikaido are friends again they had a bit of a falling out for a little while so I was like this is what's important to me so it'll be interesting if there is a second season which I hope there will be once he gets his memories back how that's gonna change because we don't really know what kind of person he was we've right. gotten some hints but on a lighter note we've also watched Fruits Basket season 2 episodes 1 through 12 those have been cute I'm glad that this has been back in my life me too I love seeing Toru the romance has really been speeding up this season we're really getting hit hard with Yuki and Kyo really falling for Toru and Toru falling back but also I've been sad seeing that being a Soma is such a curse it's basically forbidden love at the end of the day well unless hopefully the curse gets lifted something like that I think Toru is gonna make this work you think so she's determined I'm so tired of Akito who is this person I mean I know that she's basically like their god but I don't care she's mean and I want her to go away Toru is not gonna let Kyo get thrown in some dungeon we've been seeing more of the manipulation this season and it was so sad when we saw Akito meet Toru and Akito hurt her and Momichi got so upset because he felt like he couldn't protect her they all feel like they're protecting her in a way I feel like and they can't help but do what Akito says so there's only so much they can do yeah you're really seeing this season how much that affects them how much being a Soma affects them like you said how much Akito really has power over them and then in what ways I'm excited to see what Toru does because I don't think she's gonna stop standing up to Akito she literally told Akito nope I'm not gonna let that happen she has Mm -hmm. plans I don't know what she's going to do with those plans but she'll figure something out I trust Toru I trust Toru too. She's the most determined, sweetest, cutest, best character ever. Agreed. She'll make it work. Yes, she will. I just know it. Can't wait to watch more. Yeah, neither can I. I just hope that something gets resolved this season. I don't know if my heart can take continuing to watch all these struggles happen. I don't know if maybe somehow she's going to heal Akito in some sort of way. Yeah. Or like convince Akito to lift the curse or something. Or how that will turn out. Or if she will realize that not everybody does have kindness and how to deal with that. So that will be interesting how that ends up shaping out. I feel like it'll probably just be another Takno Jutsu Naruto situation. All right, last one. Yes. You watched. Yeah, what a banger. Rent a Girlfriend. Yeah, you're having a great this, time. Yeah, I haven't watched one of these in a while. I think it might be, in the end, be one of those romances that turns into a harem, that turns into a romance, eventually, once they finally pick. Yeah. But, um, man, I haven't felt this way since Nisekoi, where, like, I start watching the anime, and then I just can't turn it off. Every episode ends in something so fulfilling of, like, ooh, this is the next step in the relationship. You this mean, is like, the- romance? anime specifically yeah like romance her. anime i've been waiting since nisei koi for another anime to be like "Ooh, this is such a compelling part of the romance narrative mm-hmm. what's next it's so fun i love it when i get excited about something like that in the beginning there's only two characters other than the main character kazuya who you care about really there's the rental girlfriend chizuru ichinose and there is the girl that he breaks up with mommy nanami and the girl that breaks up with him i guess i should say a lot of people really hate her like i see a lot of memes saying you've made 2020 better you you not you you like that (laughs) kind of stuff and it's because mommy is really mean at parts she's deceptive and i don't know i just like her energy i don't know what it is about it i'm very entertained by all of the girls at this point they're all very different but they're all great and i feel like people think of the main girl the rental girlfriend mizuhara as much better than she 
actually is. I feel like people are missing some of the concepts here. Just because somebody is very empathetic toward losers, basically, and has the rest of her life together, doesn't mean necessarily that she's perfect in every way she honestly seemed kind of mean i watched a few moments here and there with you and she honestly seemed kind of mean to me from what i saw well i don't think of her as perfect but she's pretty nice and fun i get why people want him to end up with her in the end and i feel like the anime is baking for that you've watched episodes one through seven right yeah so i haven't seen anybody become real boyfriend and girlfriend yet really (laughs) but i feel like that's coming down the pipe eventually but yeah it's just been really good i feel like a lot of it's really contrived where people are just getting in situations absolutely randomly but i feel as though if you actually rented a girlfriend that you would run into these problems so i get that this could happen however i feel like eventually he needs to run out of money he doesn't have infinite money and he also doesn't have a job so i don't get how he just continually is able to pay you see at the beginning him get a lot of money so he is able to do some of this but he's supposed to live and have living expenses so where's all this money coming from is it going to run out anime magic yeah i don't know i think that's going to become a plot point eventually because i don't know how that's going to work he's going to run out of money eventually and then she's going to have to decide if she actually wants to be his girlfriend or not or maybe he'll make that decision somehow i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't get how that works but we'll see i've really been enjoying it so far all the characters i get introduced to have been really fun and interesting and seem like real people and people have also really hated him saying that he's a scumbag and while he is not perfect and he's a loser and doesn't know how to hang out with girls he does seem to have a decent heart so feel as though he's the average protagonist really i don't get why people are hating on him so much they're like oh man the main character girl mizuhara she should end up with somebody amazing because she's amazing but not him poor guy meanwhile mizuhara like lives a double life and takes people on dates for money not exactly the most normal of careers yeah like i mean if they did date she'd be like out there still dating other people pretend yeah not be kind of awkward But yeah, I I see why so many people like it. I would say it's the best anime I've watched this season. I've really liked it. Uzaki-chan is cool. I like it. And it might be more my thing, but this anime is actually good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can see what you mean. Definitely different there. Like, I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat like, what's going to happen next to (laughs) Uzaki-chan? The exact same thing. It's going to be the exact same (laughs) thing next episode. Just different situations. Yeah. The most recent episodes have been very fun and interesting. Uzaki-chan's also good. All right. Well, that's all for this podcast. Thanks for listening to us today. See you next time. It might be true that I lack redeeming qualities, and everyone agrees I'm a useless member of society. I'm still alive, and I haven't got psycho!